Welcome to the Prosperous Piano Teacher Podcast. I'm Ashley Young, pianist, instructor, and business coach, and I'm here to help you dream big about what your studio could be if you are willing to open your mind and level up your business skills. I'm going to share the tangible strategies that I've learned for streamlining and scaling your studio so that you can align your business to work for your life instead of letting your business control your life. I am so happy that you're here. Let's dive in. Hello, hello, and welcome into another episode of the Prosperous Piano Teacher Podcast. I'm Ashley, and welcome in. Welcome in if you are a longtime listener. Welcome in if this is your very first episode that you've ever heard. I am really looking forward to talking about how you can do your business finances in a way that will help you earn more money. Um, this is a topic that is near and dear to my heart. If you've been a longtime listener, then you know that I get a little fired up when I talk about money. <laughs> and that's because I want, I want our industry to change. I want all piano teachers and all musicians to be able to make a decent living and to be able to, you know, pay the bills and live the kind of life that they want to live doing what they love. And there are so many things in our industry that prevent that. Um, things that, you know, like ideas that are perpetuated by society and the beliefs that we have about artists and what it means to be a musician. But then also there are things that we perpetuate as musicians and as artists, um, you know, ways that we set up our businesses that play into those beliefs and things that we do that just aren't helpful. And so today I really want to start by talking just a little bit about mindset and money. And then I want to dig in and I want to give you some actual tips and strategies on how you can set up your business finances um, in a way that will positively impact how much money you can earn, right? And so we're going to dive into that. I'll talk a little bit about money. Some of it, it might be a little bit of review if you've listened to like every single episode, um, but there will also likely be some new things in there. And then I'm going to go through and give you four points, or I guess there's three points. And some of the points have like a, a beginner and a more advanced strategy, depending on where you are in your business. So as we dive in today, if you have not rated and reviewed the podcast, I would love if you would take a second, pause the episode. You can either, either scroll down and take literally like five seconds and just give it a star rating. Or if you want to take like 30 seconds or a minute and write out a quick review, that would really, really help out not only me, but also the podcast. And my goal is to get as many music teachers to listen to this podcast as possible so that they can have a business and a life that they love. And your rating and reviewing of the podcast really, really helps me to do that. So I would really, really appreciate it. Um, and as we dive in, I want to start by just kind of revisiting the topic of mindset when it comes to money. I know I have entire episodes devoted to this topic, but it is so important to get your mindset straight when it comes to money and your business. If you have negative beliefs about money, it's going to be so much harder for you to earn money. Okay. And I have another episode. Um, I think it's called, oh, I should have looked right before I recorded this. I think it's called um, like what you believe about money will come true or, or something like that. And it's, I'm not going to give you a number. I'm sorry. I should have prepared better. <laughs> I don't remember the number, but look for that episode. It's a great episode. And I talk about it a lot in that episode, but it's really, really wild how much your beliefs about really anything can impact your reality. And when it comes to money, a lot of people say that they want to earn more money, 
But then the way that they conduct themselves in their business or in their life or in relation to money doesn't really support that. And one example that's coming to the top of my head that I'll, I'll share just one example and then we'll move on is having a negative view of people that have more money than you. Right. If you're in a place in your business where you want to earn more money and you want to increase your income, but every time you meet someone, maybe it's potentially another music teacher or even just someone you meet outside of music that, you know, has more money than you or maybe has material objects that would make it seem like they have more money than you. And you think things like, oh, wow, well, wouldn't that be nice? Or, wow, they must have it really easy. Or you kind of make those like judgments in your head about those people or the amount of money that they have or the things that they choose to spend their money on. That's a really good indication that your mindset and your beliefs about money are not supporting your desire to have more money. And that's just one example. There are so, so, so many more examples. And I think that all of us, regardless of how wonderfully we were raised and how amazing our families were, I think we all have issues about money because our whole society kind of has issues about money. <laughs> um, so even, even if you were raised in an amazing family, even if you've done some work in this area, what I've discovered is that there's always more work to be done. So that episode that goes into that in a much deeper way is really, really great. But what you do and the way that you think about money lays the foundation for the future. And so if you have plans of making more money in your studio or making more money in your business, you have to set yourself up to be ready for that. And that includes getting clear on your mindset and making sure that you don't have like mental blocks that are preventing you from making more money. Um, and a really great, a really great point that I heard that touches on this topic is that if you were to have a huge sum of money fall into your lap right now. So let's say like a million dollars is a lot of money for a lot of people. So let's just say that right now, a million dollars is in your bank account. You open up the app on your phone and you're like, oh my gosh, there's a million dollars in my bank account. What would you do with it? Would you know what to do with it? Would you know how to invest it? Would you know what accounts to put it in? Would you know how much you would need to take out for taxes? Would you know how much you would like reinvest into your business? How much you would put in like a family um, savings or how much you would put towards travel. And if the answer is no, is no, then you have some work to do before you're ready to earn those larger amounts of money. And I want to say that this is not a you issue. Okay. This is a me issue. This is an everyone issue, right? Because even if you've made really large strides in how much money you're making, like even if you're making more money right now than you have in the past, it doesn't mean that you're ready for like 10 X what you're making today. We have to kind of like get our mindset ready. We have to educate ourselves with how to prepare and plan for those amounts of money. And you have to know like some basic accounting of what, what you need to do with the money once it enters your account, right? So um, a couple of things I wanted to mention before we dive into the actual tips. A lot of the times I hear teachers talk about tracking down money. And there's this, this debate of like, should I offer auto pay or should I accept credit cards? And I just want to say this one thing, and I promise I won't get on a soapbox. I'm not going to go too far deep into this today, but if you have to track down money in order to be paid, you don't have a sustainable or scalable business. Okay. If you are on auto pay, 
and the money flows into your account automatically, you have a sustainable and a scalable business. I recommend Fonz. I have the link in the description. You've heard me say that before if you've listened to an episode before. But think of, I, I want you to just think, think about what that really means and I'm gonna break it down a little bit more. So if you have your studio set up where people are Venmoing you or giving you checks or you're actually like manually billing people and then you have to like keep track of if they paid you or not, that is not scalable. And it's also not super sustainable because inevitably the human error is going to be quite high, right? And so it's likely that when you're doing your end of the year accounting, you'll have like a, someone that missed a payment one month, or you'll notice that someone was making late payments consistently and you were forgetting to implement your late payment policy. There's going to be a lot of errors that are possible here. And so it doesn't make it very sustainable, but it really, really prevents you from, from scaling. And when we talk about scaling, um, what I mean by scaling is being able to increase the amount of people that you work with and the amount of money that you bring in without increasing the amount of work hours that you are putting in. Okay. That's what I mean by scalable. And so if you are physically tracking down money, it's not scalable. If all of a sudden 100 people wanted to sign up for lessons or 100 people wanted to buy your course and you had to manually bill all of them and then also double check that they paid you, it's just not possible, right? There's not enough hours in a day to really scale a system like that. And so I am a huge fan of autopay. I'm a huge fan of bonds. And that is, that is in, in a nutshell, why? Okay. Because it, it involves having a sustainable and a scalable business. Yes. Credit card fees are annoying. I see that cropping up and people message me about that often of like, how do you factor in the credit card fees? And they're a cost of doing business. And if you want to scale and grow your business, and if you want it to be sustainable, there will be some costs of business that you have to take on that you don't have to have when you're super small, right? But the credit card fees are a very, very small cost of business. And it's, in my opinion, it's far, far, far worth it because you automatically have that sustainability and that scalability built in when you are able to accept credit cards. Okay, um, now, I guess my last point on the credit cards is, is very similarly. Like if you have to keep track of Venmo transactions or checks and you're trying to hit like six figures a year or you're just trying to increase your income, it's not it's not really possible if you're not accepting credit card payments, right? It just makes it so much easier for the money to flow into your account. Um, and that's, and we're not even addressing like the energy of money, right? I know that's, that might be a little bit woo depending on where you are in your journey, but I talk about that as well. To me, money is an energy and like the energy of having to track down and remind people to pay you is so draining for me. And so offering auto pay or making it as easy as possible for people to pay, not only helps you as a business owner and makes things more sustainable and more scalable, it also helps the customer, right? Because it, it's it's really frustrating when you want something and like you go to enter your payment information and it's declined, right? And sometimes that's because maybe your card is declined as the customer, but sometimes it's because like the website is not working or because they only accept PayPal. And if you're anything like me, then when you're trying to buy something or trying to sign up for something and you're having trouble paying, like I get impatient and I am more likely to give up than I am to like email the person to figure out how to pay them. Okay, enough, enough of all of that. So now I want to get into some practical tips on how you can do your business finances in a way that will set you up to increase your income over time. Okay. And will set you up for like financial success and longevity in your business. Again, I want your business to be sustainable and scalable. Okay. And so we're going to touch on some of the things we already talked about in these tips. So the first thing that I want you to do, if you haven't done it already, is to have a separate bank account for your business. 
Okay. And this is really important for many different reasons. But the number one reason that it's important is because I want you to think of your business as a business. And if all of the payments that you are receiving for accompanying or teaching or anything related to music, anything related to what you consider your job are going straight into your personal account, then you're, you're muddying all of your personal finances with your business finances. And it really does feel like a hit if you have like credit card fees being taken out, or if you, you know, have to pay for a subscription like Fonz and you're not used to doing that because it feels like it's being taken out of your personal income. Okay. But this is not a good separation of business and personal. And when you create your separate bank account for your business, I don't, I mean, I personally, once you get to a larger level, it will matter if it's a business account, but it doesn't even have to be a business account. Just set up a separate account where all the Venmo transactions get deposited, or ideally where all of your funds payments automatically go. And this one account where everything goes is going to be your neutral bank account place. It's like a funnel. Okay, so all the money goes there first. And then after you decide what you do with it. And this is where you can set up some systems and some things that are repeatable on a monthly basis to account for all sorts of cool stuff. So once you have a separate account, then you are going to pay yourself from that account. Okay, and this is like the very the very most basic way that you can set up your finances in a way that will help you be more sustainable and more scalable as time goes on is to just have that account and pay yourself from that account. But when you pay yourself, I don't want you to pay yourself everything, okay? And that's because you're going to leave some money in that account for business expenses. So if let's say you're using funds and you're on auto pay, the credit card transaction fees are automatically deducted. So you know what goes into that account is the full amount that you're getting, which is great. And so you'll have a great starting point of like, okay, this is how much I'm making every month. And then you're not going to pay yourself that full amount. You're going to leave a certain percentage in the account. And that percentage that is in the account is going to go to taxes. It's also going to go to any business expenses. Okay. And we'll talk a little more about this as we get going, but where you are in your business um, will dictate how many business expenses you have. Now, If you're just getting started with this and this is like blowing your mind or you're planning on doing this here in the new year, which is a great time to do it, um, just keep like 10 to 20% in your business account and then pay yourself the rest. Okay. And that's a really great way to do things because you always have a buffer in your account. And so if expenses come up, like you want to buy some new music for your library, or you want to buy a new iPad, or you want to like purchase an app or something like something technology wise that you'll use in your studio, you have a little bit of a fund that you can do that from. And it's not coming from your personal money. The other reason this is really important is for taxes, because if you're always paying your taxes out of your personal money, I don't know about you, but I hate it when I owe taxes at the end of the year. And when you have a business account, you can start paying your estimated taxes on a quarterly basis. And then that amount that you owe at the end of the year is likely nothing, or you might even get a return. Okay. And so I recommend 10 to 20%. I used to always do 20% because it felt safer. And I wanted to make sure that I had plenty, not only for taxes, but also for um, anything else that I wanted to buy for my studio. The other thing that this does is it helps you account for dips in income. 
And we're not going to go too, like too zoomed in on this. I'm not going to get too detailed because this really goes to like your business structure and how you set things up. But if you are a studio that is charging a monthly fee, that's the same every single month, you're likely experiencing less dips in income. But for me, when I first got out of grad school, I wasn't doing that. And I was charging by the lesson, which I don't recommend, but I know some of you are still doing that. And if you're charging by the lesson, then it's likely that you have um, months where you're making less money, like in December when, you know, there's like a week or two off for the holidays or in the summer when people go on vacation. And so if you're experiencing those big dips in income, keeping about 20% or even a little bit more in your business account every single month helps you account for those months where you have dips in income. So let's say you keep 20% in your business account for an entire year. And after a year, you have a pretty good cushion in that account to the point that over the summer, if you're you know, not making maybe let's say June, you're $500 down than May, then you can take $500 from your business account and pay yourself. And so you can have more consistency in your personal income regardless of how much the business brings in because you have that buffer that you're keeping in your business account. Okay. So this is like the number one thing. And we're going to talk about a more advanced strategy here in a minute, but this is the most basic beginner way of doing things is just make sure you have a separate account where all of your business money goes and you don't pay yourself all of that amount. Choose a percentage to keep in the account every single month and pay yourself the rest. This will help you account for expenses, taxes, and your own paycheck so that you don't have those dips in income. Now, another thing that I love to recommend is to keep track of your expenses. So Take note of how much you're paying in credit card fees. What is the difference? Um, if you are going from not paying credit card fees at all, sometimes it can feel like it's a lot of money. But when you look at how much it really is every month, it's so worth it. Once you make the switch and you realize you're not chasing down payments and you don't have to spend the time and emotional energy like tracking down money, it is so worth it to pay those credit card fees. And you can also keep track of any other recurring expenses. So for example, if you pay for Fonz, then that's a monthly subscription fee and you would want to know how much that is and you would want to account for that coming out of your account every month. Um, some other examples of recurring expenses would be any other subscriptions. I know it doesn't exist anymore, but something like Tonara or um, sheet music, or I have like a printer ink subscription, right? Right now I'm in a place where I also have, um, I pay for Kajabi, which is where I host all of my online courses and I pay for some Google, Google Drive storage. So anything like that, that you're paying on a monthly basis, you wanna know like about how much every month that equals, because that's gonna help you um, calculate how, what percentage you want to keep in your business account. And it's also just really good to know, right? We don't want to be, we don't want to be spending money that we don't have. We don't want to be spending money that we're not accounting for. The more familiar you are with your finances, the easier it's going to be for you to track and to make sense of your past patterns and for you to create patterns in the future. Okay. And if you want to change some of your habits or some of your goals or some of your mindsets around money, uh, the best place or that you can start is to just get clear on what's happening right now. And so tracking and just simply starting today to look at what's going into your account, what's coming out of your account is a really, really great way to get started with that. Now, if you are more advanced or if you know that you're going to start a business account, but you're also like wanting the more advanced strategy, I'm going to talk a little bit about that as well. There's even a better and more detailed way to do this. And I learned about this system in a book that I read and I'll, I'll link to it in the show notes. It, it's called Profit First. It was a wildly helpful book. I think someone in an entrepreneur Facebook group or something like that recommended it. Um, 
And it's completely transformed my business and my life. I'm not going to lie. It, it was insanely helpful. And the book Profit First essentially recommends a more complex version of what I already described. So you have one account where all of your business money goes and it's kind of the funnel account. But then instead of just leaving a certain percentage in that account and paying yourself the rest, you actually have several other accounts. So there's four main ones. There's your owner's compensation account. And that is where you put like how much you're paying yourself before it goes into your personal account. There's your tax account where you actually take a certain percentage and you put it into the tax account so it can accumulate over time and then you pay taxes from that separate account. There's your operations expense account, which is for all of the things that we just talked about, like any recurring subscriptions or sheet music. And if you're at the point where you have hired other teachers or like I, my assistant, I pay my assistant from my operations expenses account, that is the third account. And then the last account is your profit account. And this is something that was pretty revolutionary and mind-blowing to me when I set up this system after I read that book. So the way that he describes it in the book is that you want to get to a certain percentage, but what's cool about the book is that he actually gives you like the bridge plan of how to get there if you can't get there right now. So the end goal is that 50% um, of what your business brings in would go to owner's compensation. 15% goes to taxes, 30% goes to operation expenses, and then 5% goes to profit. And what happens with the profit account is really cool because basically you're always putting 5% of what your business brings in into the profit account. And then on a quarterly basis, <clears throat> excuse me, when you pay your taxes, you pay yourself half of what's in your profit account. And he describes it in the book. And I remember reading the book and thinking, this is not going to happen. Like it sounds too good to be true. It sounds like this is a system that would work for other people, but not for me. But what's so cool about it is that as long as your business is healthy and as long as you're bringing in money, the amount that you get for profit is always going up. Because even if you put the same amount in there every single month, every time you come to that quarterly profit payment, you're only paying yourself half of what's in the account. And so the number of like the number that you're getting via profits always goes up, which is really cool. Um, and it's a great feeling and it's a great way to have like a quarterly bonus or to be able to pay for vacations or whatever you want to do with that profit money. Now, I would highly recommend that you read the book because obviously there are way more details in it than what I just gave you in those in that three minute explanation. But this book was really revolutionary because I had already thought of my business as a business and I had already set aside money for taxes and I had been kind of doing like an in-between system I had a couple separate accounts, but having the recommended percentages and working towards those and then achieving those and having it be in a way where the business was still sustain sustainable, just that journey in and of itself was tr pretty transformational for my business. And so I highly recommend it if you are in that place. Okay, now um, I hope that you found this episode helpful. That I know we just talked about a lot and I'm not going to lie. I used to, I used to hate finances. I used to hate business taxes. I used to hate like talking or thinking about how, how I would do accounting. But now that I've kind of gone through these steps that I'm describing to you, I kind of love it. I've kind of nerded out on it because the more educated you get about it and the more you like take a little risk and implement a new system and then take another little risk and implement a new system, even if it seems really strict or even if it seems really terrifying, the more confidence you build 
with your ability to earn money, to handle money, to grow your money. And it just keeps building on itself. And so even it doesn't matter where you are. Like I described where you could start. If you're a total beginner, I could start where you, I described where you could start. If you already are mindful of your business finances, it doesn't matter where you are in this journey, do the next thing, right? Like push yourself this year to just go one step further, educate yourself a little bit more, read the profit first book or read a book about, you know, another book about business finances. And push yourself to take that next step and stretch yourself a little farther than you're comfortable. And I promise you, if you remain consistent with it, it will be totally transformational for your business. So if you found something helpful in this episode, I would love to hear your thoughts. More and more of you are reaching out to me on Instagram and it is so fun to connect with you individually and to learn a little bit more about your businesses. I also, I know I have, I have keep saying this and I promise you guys, things are coming. It's just been very busy, but um, I have so many ideas about how I want to help you through things like meeting as a group in Zoom for content audits or putting together some sort of business mastermind. Um, I'm also working on something in the background that I will release this year. And so getting to know you and hearing your feedback on the episodes really helps me to know if they're resonating and, and if you're finding them helpful. I also am always open to suggestions if there are certain topics that you want me to hear want me to go like more in depth on. So just reach out to me on Instagram and let me know. You are amazing. You are awesome. You can do this. I hope that you have an incredible week and I will talk with you next week. Thank you so much for listening. I love connecting with open-minded business owners from all over the world. As you know, a studio policy is one of the most important assets of your business and a good studio policy will save you time and energy. For this reason, I created a free PDF with a list of three ways that you can level up your studio policy right now. To grab the free PDF, head on over to ashleyjyoung.com slash level up and the link is in the show notes as well. Talk to you soon.